I'm enjoying the Eagles falling apart and the Cowboys falling apart on back-to-back nights. I am. I enjoy watching football. We invest all our time in it. The Giants were 2-8 and eight and the season was dead. And we had a couple of moments with uh, the passing Paisan. Well, he trademarked it, so let me be careful. With Tommy DeVito. But ultimately, this season was a disaster. And yes, yeah, so what? I'm enjoying the fact that the Cowboys and the Eagles completely falling apart. And they're probably going to fire their coaches. And they're probably... <laughs> Going to hire excellent coaches and turn the whole thing around and beat the Giants again for the next 10 years. Let's be honest. (laughs) But I'm not going to let that bother me right now. And nor am I going to let it bother me that Brian Dable's under attack. If you didn't see the story earlier from Pat Leonard of the Daily News, he's got a couple of sources absolutely killing Brian Dable. Just absolutely out to make Brian Dable look like a bad guy to make Brian Dable look like he's out of control and to make Brian Dable look like he's creating an unstable, for lack of a better word, atmosphere inside the Giants building. And I got to tell you, when I first read the story, my initial thought is, and I tweeted it out, here's my my initial thought, and then we'll get into some of the details. But my initial thought is just losing sucks. And losing, you get all of this. The same stuff that made Brian Dable a great head coach last year is now the same thing that makes Brian Dable a major problem this year. The feistiness, the fiery nature, the yelling in Daniel Jones's face, the you know coaching players hard, coaching his coaches hard. I mean, that's what changed the losing culture of the New York Giants. That's what um, instantly turned around this franchise from being one of the worst franchises in the sport, if not the worst, over the six years prior to Brian Dable getting here. His feistery nature, him getting in the face of Daniel Jones week one, going for it for the two-point conversion, literally changed the feel of the team. And he's always been like this on the sidelines, and it's always been perceived as a positive. It's part of why they win. It wasn't a problem with Wink Martindale last year. And if you get into the details of the story, obviously, throughout the games, particularly, he is very reactionary on the headset throughout games. He's quick to get on his coaches, to curse and scream at his coaches, to blame his coaches. Right? There it's certain indicate there are certain elements of the games. Uh they use examples, a Washington game with the lead and Washington's going down the field to score and he's screaming and cursing at the defense and Wink Martindale and blaming him and saying, you're going to lose this bleeping game just like you lost the Jet game. A game where clearly offense had negative nine passing yards. And it seems like he's just lashing out and not recognizing that his side of the ball has been far more of a problem than the defensive side of the ball. And it probably caused issues with Wink Martindale. There's no doubt about it. I'm sure it it did. And and the, the people you're hearing from, the sources from Pat Leonard, are no doubt either part of... Wink Martindale staff that's been let go and no longer with the team or soon to be no longer part of the team or just 
wink sympathizers or someone who's been yelled at by Brian Dable on his way out of the organization and is out to make Brian Dable look bad. And I'm sorry, but I don't care. A couple of things. One, yeah, he might yell at coaches, and it's probably something he's going to have to tone down. But doesn't he get that opportunity to recognize these things? He's a a second-year head coach. He was coming off success in the first year. They made the playoffs. Things started to fall apart on him this year. And, yeah, we saw it from early on. Preseason game one against the Lions, he gave the special teams coach the dirty just stared him down. He had to, McGay had to answer the question over and over again about their relationship. And I'm sure it wasn't good, and now he's gone. But Tom Coughlin, who had been an experienced head coach, who had taken the Charger, the, uh, the excuse me, the uh, Jaguars to AFC championship games, needed to change the way he coached the New York Giants to make it work. He needed to form the veteran committee and understand how he was dealing with the players was a problem. This is a second-year head coach who, yeah, coaches his players tough and demands a lot from his coaches as well. I mean, it's not the first time we've seen it or heard about it. Uh, Let's be honest, as as dopey as this was, remember Joe Judge had them running laps. In, In training camp, coaches had to run laps if made mistakes. So, yeah, is it? Is it unproductive at times to be yelling on the headset during the game? Yes. Does he probably need to tone it down? Yeah. Are other coaches, and this is my meal, my real main concern of it, are other coaches going to get wind of this and feel like I don't want to be yelled at? I suppose. But ultimately, he's a fiery guy, and he cares about winning, and he, he expects a lot from his coaches. And I think that it's being portrayed far worse than what it is because you're getting it from one side. The the Paul Schwartz story that came out about Wink and everything, that was probably from, this is how the media works. A lot of poll sources were probably team guys who are more on Dable's side, more on Joe Shane's side, and had things to say about Wink. That's how it works. But obviously there's an issue to the point where in the story you found out that Joe Shane decided to get on the headset during that Washington game and a handful of games down the stretch of the season where he wanted to be on headset and hear what was going on between the coaches. And I'm sure he feels it was a, probably a bit much and it's something that Dable needs to work on. But if we're talking about suddenly that this guy who changed this franchise, who still not, and, and let's be honest, we just saw the Philadelphia Eagles quit a team that went to the Super Bowl last year. Quit down the stretch of the season, and into the playoffs on their head coach. Quit. And the New York Giants players did no such thing. Brian Dable was able to rally the troops and win football games with with terrible quarterbacks. Tyrod Taylor might not be terrible. He played terrible in a handful, in, in almost every game he played. He had moments where he threw the deep ball, but ultimately missed. They, 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 you know how many games they win? If Ty, Ty, they beat the Rams if Tyrod Taylor throws a, a two-point conversion from, from you know, two feet away. Like, he had the team playing good football down the stretch. At the end of the year, they blow out the Eagles. He did not lose this football team. He did not, you know, he, the players all still have his back. We've had players with, coach, with, with problems with Wink, and that was part of the story, too, that he wasn't holding... 
Xavier McKinney uh, accountable for the comments he made about the defense and the and the defensive coaching staff. And that Wink went out there and and blasted uh, McKinney, and that Dable didn't like that it wasn't handled within the team, and that Wink went public with his comments, and then he let. McKinney break down the team or do something where it was a leadership moment and it felt like it was a smack in the face to the defensive coaching staff. Like, honestly, Wink Martindale and this defensive coaching staff need to get a grip. And now they're no longer here. But there's he's the head coach of the team. And if he wants to have a, 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 a player break down the team, don't they, that's going to be a direct insult to you. Get over it. I mean, what you're learning from this defensive staff is, yeah, Brian Dable might be overbearing, and Brian Dable probably needs to cool it. But this this defensive staff and Wink Martindale were so sensitive and couldn't in football, where everybody gets yelled at, everybody gets screamed at. It's part of the culture that they couldn't handle anything. And the idea then when they gave him the game ball, because if you remember, they. Um, they win that game. He gives he, uh, famously he gives Wink the the game ball to the uh, of the game, and apparently that was viewed as transpa- it was transparent and obvious, and it was just to quell the rumors of the relationship. Oh, sorry, he gave you the game ball. Like now, even that, yeah, it probably was a, a forced gesture, but it still was a gesture, and even that, oh, it's it's all BS. It's wh- whatever, whatever. This is the leader of the team. He's the head coach of the team. He wants to coach like that. That's how it went down. And it's the same thing that led them to winning last year. He did not wake up this season and start yelling. I promise you. He's been doing it from the beginning. It worked last year. It didn't work this year. When it, when it works, it's great. What we, we're screaming. We're going nuts. Jet fans are going crazy about the demeanor of their head coach and how he has no fire and he holds no one accountable and he doesn't get upset about anything. Brian Dable is the complete opposite. Sometimes you go too far. There's always extremes. But you can't change who Brian Dable is. And Brian Dable didn't lose the team. And Brian Dable was the turnaround last year. There is no doubt. And moving forward, I trust him. And he I still believe he has the team. And this the idea that it's somehow this negative connotation that he, you know, screams and curses. Does he go too far? Sure. Blaming and listen, I understand that and there's also talks about some of the game plans they go over and there's changes. And the real issue is if Kafka is gonna continue, who's who's getting head coaching interviews, by the way. But if Kafka is going to continue as the offensive coordinator, you can't constantly, in the report, uh, he was taking play calling away from Kafka at different times and then giving it back to him. The offense was dreadful. The offensive line continued to be bad. The quarterback got hurt, and they were doing their best to try and scramble. And the head coach probably did what he thought he had to do at times and ultimately probably overstepped his bounds. But he's a young, co- he's a young head coach learning how to do this. But, yeah, he's got to have a good relationship with his coordinator. And he can't be taking the play calling away and giving it back and taking it away. At least he wasn't publicly doing it. And all of this is private. All of the yelling, all of the admonishing, all of the blaming as as un 
you know, helpful as it may be. And as difficult as it is, and there's reports that he's screaming so much at Wink that he can't even, like, think straight to get the next play call in. It's detrimental to the team on some level, there's no doubt, if, it's, if it is as bad as it's portrayed in the Pat Leonard article, which uh, I'm sure Pat Leonard's getting that information. I just don't know if it's being embellished by people trying to make Brian Dable look bad. But ultimately, yeah, there, it can be taken to a level where it's detrimental to the team. There's no doubt about it. But he's a young coach learning how to do all this. And I'd rather have him be himself in that way and keep it private and not admonish or get on coaches publicly. And 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 understand that they're being, you know, it's you they they have to answer for the issues with the team. And offensively, which is his purview. They need to answer. And the idea that, yeah, he got on a headset and blamed them for the jet loss when the offense had negative nine passing yards. Yeah, because because Zach Wilson went down the field to kick a field goal to tie the game late in the game after being really stifled the entire game. Yeah, that seems silly to me. And I get it. And it's probably a little bit petty. And he's got a little bit of maturing to do as a head coach. But this is probably a bit of a hit piece. This is from coaches who are no longer with the team. He's got to build his relationship uh, relationship up with Kafka, but mainly the players still responded to him. And the same feistiness got the best out of out of uh, Daniel Jones, and got the best out of that team to go win a playoff game, score thirty points, and win playoff games. Something this team hasn't done in forever. So excuse me if I'm not ready to just like say, oh, wow, how damning this is and what kind of a tumultuous building it is and how poorly run it is. Poorly run? It's been a disaster. They got off to a terrible start and fought and clawed back and won most of their games down the stretch. And early on, the defense, the defense was a little bit of a problem. The San Francisco game, nobody tackled. The Dallas game, they got run over. Like, he's coaching the team the way he coaches the team. You need to readjust and reevaluate all the time. It's it's always a learning process, and he probably has things to learn. But the idea that Brian Dable is some sort of tyrant who, you know, no one's ever had to deal with this before in the history of the NFL. Okay, Coughlin didn't yell at coaches. Belichick doesn't yell at coaches. We're begging. Jet fans are begging Robert Sala to yell at coaches. You kidding me? If Robert Sala turned, if they, if if a report came out that Robert Sala screams at Hackett all day, he, it'd be the most positive story to come out about Robert Sala in in his entire tenure as a Jets head coach. I thought. I think the story ends up being absolutely nothing. The play. The, the 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 coaches that don't want to be here won't be here, and he's got to figure out a working relationship with his offensive coordinator, and he's got to make sure that this story and the word of mouth that might be going around from some of Wink Martindale's, you know, f- cronies, doesn't hinder him from hiring coaches. But they did hire an offensive line coach right away. They're they're looking at some uh, at different they're looking at different defensive coordinators and special team coaches. Guys have come in and interviewed. They'll they'll find their guys, and he needs to adapt a little bit and change his th- and change his process ever so slightly. But I don't want him to not be fiery. That's who he is, and it's what helped turn around this team. 
And the players continue to fight for him. I'm really not that worried about the tyrant leading the, the, leading the Giants.